Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hope everyone had a great weekend, especially those that celebrated Thanksgiving. Welcome to episode 73 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. Two OTC players of the week to get to, as we never got to give a shout out last week. Uh, last week's went to Izzy Cruz from the Texas Bombers Gold U14 Malpass team, as Izzy hit a whopping 786 with five home runs and 17 RBIs. They went on to capture the Gold Cup, going a perfect 6 0 on the weekend. Fantastic job, Izzy. This week's winner comes to us from Florida as Arlette Caravaca takes home the honors. Arlette hit 565 with with a home run, seven RBIs, seven runs scored, and eight stolen bases competing with the Jack Storm 16U Gold Harris team last weekend. Awesome job, Arlette. Those are great numbers. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with San Jose State alum and Canadian Olympic bronze medalist Emma Ensminger. Emma has had a fantastic career to date. She played four seasons with the Spartans while studying at San Jose State University, starting in 191 of her 207 games played over that span. Over her career with the Spartans, she had a 287 batting average, 17 doubles, 3 triples, 4 home runs, and 70 RBIs. She finished at San Jose State ranked 3rd all-time in runs scored, 4th in walks, and on base percentage. Emma competed at her first Pan Am Games at Lima 2019 and tied for the team lead with 5 RBIs as Canada won the silver medal. Just a few weeks later, she posted a 429 batting average at the WBSC America's Olympic Qualifier as the team booked its ticks to Tokyo. In her Olympic debut, Emma recorded two hits and three RBIs as Canada won the bronze medal. We're going to talk to Emma about getting a late start in the game, her time at San Jose State, a great story of adversity and reflection after being released from the national team in 2017, and of course the epic bronze medal win this past summer at the Olympics in Tokyo. Emma was a pleasure to chat with and I can't wait to see what she has in store for our country down the road. With that being said, grab that drink, sit back, relax, cause here we go. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom, could you, could you say that anything goes Here we go. Emma, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. How are things going out in beautiful BC? Oh, pretty good. I mean, it's getting a little colder and we've had a lot of rain. So um, the rain side of things, not awesome with just uh, some people losing property and just mother nature not being in our favor. But other than that, I can't complain. Yeah. the Like we were talking before we start recording here, the, the mainland got hit pretty hard, eh? Yeah pretty bad um highways kind of collapsing um just fields completely under houses under it's pretty sad but the community's working together to kind of um you know help those families and help people that are in need right now which is awesome to see yeah i mean we're seeing the images from you know out here on the on the east coast and it's uh it's pretty crazy i mean that's a that's a lot of water to come down and yeah i mean to to take out the highways and well pretty much every road leading into vancouver so i mean (laughs) that's 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 pretty crazy yeah it was pretty bad it's been a little bit drier this week so that's good and hopefully we don't get uh too much rain i mean we're used to the rain but i don't think we're used to this so no no not at all so uh what's been on the go for you since uh since you come home from tokyo 
Um, a lot of time just kind of recharging, um, yeah. a lot of time spent with my family, which has been awesome. It was a long time away from everyone, but, um, you know, it was something that we knew we had to do. So just spending a lot of time with my family, I'm really close with my family, lots of nieces and nephews. So getting to see them and just do fun things. And, um, I'm working a bit right now, um, kind of two coaching jobs. I have, um, one with a high school Academy that I went to in high school here in Victoria. I'm helping out with that as kind of the director of player development for our academy. So that's just high school girls. It's basically their uh, PE class and I get to, they get to do softball in it. So from weightlifting to softball skills and then classroom sessions. So that's part of it. And then I'm also kind of helping build a new softball program here in uh, Victoria. That's more of like the travel ball um, program and organization. So I'm, I'm leading that and in charge of the player development as as well. So it's been awesome to be able to kind of give back to my community. I haven't been able to in the past just with time and only being home for two weeks here and there. Um, so it's been really cool to be able to give back to the community. Um, that's just given me so much and uh, has opened up many opportunities for me as, as an athlete. That's awesome. That's awesome. It it must be nice to, you know, to finally just kick back and relax for a bit though. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's been, it was nice to kind of come home, but then you get to a point you're like, okay, now what? Yeah. Um, just because <laughs> your life's been go, go, go for so long. Um, but yeah, just a lot of time to just do the things you weren't able to do, um, you know, the past couple of years or whatnot, but mm. yeah, lots of time with friends and family. Awesome. So I, I asked both Erica and, and Jen Gilbert when they were on after you guys won the bronze, uh, has it sunk in that you're an Olympic medalist? I think so now. Um, if you asked me right when I got back or even kind of, you know, August, no, um, people (laughs) kept asking and I've done some podcasts and just interviews and stuff. And that's always one of the questions, but I think now just because not that it's worn off, but now you're talking about, okay, winter Olympics, like that's the next thing. Um, that yeah, it, it is a reality. And I think it's pretty awesome. Um, having the medal and being able to share that with just other athletes and other people and kind of seeing how much that impacts them, um, has been really cool. So I think when you see what others think of you, you're like, okay, maybe I am. Yeah. But when you're just looking at yourself, sometimes it's hard to see, but yeah, we accomplished some, some big things and it's definitely started to sink in. Awesome. How many, how many people, when they see you now ask you if you have have the medal on you? At first, it was the first question. Like, wasn't even like, "Hey," it was like, "Do you have the medal?" And I'm like, "What? You don't want to talk to me?" Um, But I would say now I don't get it as much. And then, but at first, people were like, "You're not. You don't carry it around." I'm like, "Well, no." And so I felt bad. So I carried it around for probably a month, just because every time I saw someone, they just wanted to see that. So that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Life as an Olympian. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Oh, that's great. A little thing we do here to. kick off the podcast kind of uh you know break the ice uh we call it quick pitches i'm gonna throw out some random questions to you and you answer okay. them as best you can okay i'm not very good at this all right. right let's do her first one uh if you could eat only one food for a week what is it uh steak nice yes uh <laughs> biggest thing you miss about san jose state uh, my friends. I haven't seen a lot of them, so for sure my friends and teammates. Awesome. Uh, biggest role model growing up? Uh, probably Cassie Campbell. <laughs> I loved Cassie growing up. <laughs> she was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, favorite place traveled for ball? Japan, hands down. Japan. Best country ever. Awesome. Uh, favorite place traveled ever? Um... I would still say Japan. I would, that would be my, my answer still. Okay. Uh, what are you most looking forward to over the Christmas holidays? Um, honestly, just spending more time with family. Uh, a lot of my family I haven't seen just, mm-hmm. uh, they live other places. So we finally get to come together. And I think that, um, now that it's a little bit safer and everyone being vaccinated, we were able to do that where the past long while we haven't been able to. So just seeing everyone and being together as a, group yeah absolutely i mean i one thing that i love about our christmas holiday we as a family we always play trivial pursuit like it i don't know oh, yeah. i don't know why it's just started like yeah like maybe 10 15 years ago and <laughs> we do it every year and i think that's 
one of the biggest thing I look forward to besides my kids opening their gifts, of course. But uh, yeah. I mean, playing tri- Trivial Pursuit with the families is just awesome. <laughs> yeah, we play a we play a road hockey game, which gets a little bit competitive. Ah, so nice. That's probably up there as well. Nice. Um, always look forward to that. I wish I could play road hockey with my family, but uh, <laughs> they, they probably get a little mad with me. Uh, yeah. What do I got here? Two more. Uh, if you go go back and replay one game over again, which one is it? I think I know. Um, Probably Japan yeah, game. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. yeah I, th- I asked, I asked uh, Jen and, and Erica the same thing and it was yeah. <laughs> the same thing. I mean, heartbreaker. Oh man. It was it ever. I mean, I can only imagine for you guys. I mean, I was watching on TV and I was like, Oh, so bummed. Yeah. Uh, last one. Who was all part of the hockey crew? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, well, Larissa and I are the Italians. So us <laughs> two. Um, and then Erica, Janet, um, Sarah, and then Morgan was in there a bit, but I would say that was kind of the core group. People came in and out, but we kind of had to stick to the elite ones only. <laughs> <laughs> so when did that start? Um, I mean, it's been going on for quite a while. I would say at least three or four years. Um, and we kind of made the girls that aren't as good as hockey have their own like B group, which kind of <laughs> sounds bad, but I think we're a little bit too competitive. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I wish I had. I. It's funny because you know, doing the research, you come across a whole bunch of stuff, and mm-hmm. I, I came across yeah. the hockey crew, and I think Larissa might have had it on her uh, softball Canada profile as well. But I totally Probably. missed it when I talked to Larissa. I wish I had to brought that up with her because you know mm-hmm. what Larissa's like would have got a awesome answer to that so uh yeah exactly oh god anyway as with every guest uh that we have on uh tell us when and where you got your start in the game yeah i um growing up i played baseball with the boys so i started when i was about five um played little league baseball here in victoria until i was about 12 or 13 and then i kind of had to decide if I was going to stay with baseball or switch over to softball. And, um, the boys were getting a little bit older. I was moving into a new league. So I decided to play softball. Had never played before. Kind of just started out playing on a B team. Um, really enjoyed it. It was a little different at first, just going to a bigger ball in a different motion. Um, but then I, a couple years at B and then I got onto an A program, um, which was in high school. And at that point I had decided to go to Lambert Park High School, which had has the baseball and softball academy that I coach at right now. And from there it was just a matter of um kind of, you know, what my goals were and my goals mm-hmm. were to play with the national team and and also get a scholarship to play collegiately. So um yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to go to San Jose State through high school and through all of that. So that was kind of my in into the college game and, um, the start of things I did, mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough in, in 2013, which was grade 10 to wear the maple leaf and Canada across my chest for the first time, um, at the world championships. So that was my first taste of international ball and what really got me in and realized how much of a passion I had and wanting to kind of pursue that even further. So, right on. geez, that's a, that's a late start getting, getting in the game. I mean, 12, 13. Yeah. What was, uh, so playing little league growing up, like what was, uh, what was that like? Cause I mean, I haven't really got to talk to anybody, but you know, playing little league till they were in their teens yeah. almost. So what was that like? Yeah. Um, I loved it. I mean, I played a lot of sports with the boys. I think it was fun for me. It was competitive. I like to beat boys. Um, so for, <laughs> ho- for hockey and hockey and baseball at the time I played with the boys and I thought, I had a couple girls on my team for baseball. Um, I was a pitcher, so that was a little different switching over, but, um, baseball was big in my family. Uh, and I know in Victoria, the level of softball, I would say wasn't really a thing for young, young kids. Um, the higher levels and more elite levels. Yes. They had organizations that could provide that training, but I would say at the first, at first it really didn't. And I'm definitely super fortunate that I went through baseball my parents signed me up because I think the skills they teach in baseball at a young age um just the attention to detail was super high and I think I learned a lot of skills um through uh baseball that not that I wouldn't have had that 
through softball, but just right. the opportunities in Victoria were limited. So I think that's where I really got the foundation. And I loved baseball. I caught and played shortstop as well as pitching. Um, and then when I switched over, I kind of had to give up the pitching and I wasn't about to learn that. So I <laughs> stuck to something else, but yeah, I, I think I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and it was a big, big part of who I am. I mean, like you said, I did start a little bit later, but I, transition wasn't too hard. I think I was going to ask, just, I was going to ask how the transition was. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, it must've not been that hard. Cause I don't really remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, just the, the ball and pitching underhand was mm. really the difference, but, uh, couple rules that you had to get used to, but I think I kind of caught on and right. at the end of the day, it's basically the same thing, uh, fundamentally with the swing and fielding and throwing. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Now, did, did you have a love for the game right away or was it something that developed over time? Um, definitely love for a game right away. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my parents really gave me a lot of opportunities to play many sports growing up and I think it's shaped me into the person and athlete I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I really had a passion for a lot of sports and that was probably one of the hardest things was deciding what I was going to pursue, um, to, mm-hmm. to kind of go with and go to university and all of that, because I did love multiple sports and had a passion for multiple. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a benefit that we have up here in Canada is, <laughs> is the winter summer season. I mean, being able to play hockey in the winter and then transition over to, you know, mm-hmm. softball in the summer. That I, I think that's something that I think we benefit from as, as, you know, being able to be multi-sport yeah. athletes. Yeah, for sure. You can't make them play all year round because you just can't no, physically. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. So uh, tell us about competing in travel ball. You, you were with the, was it Victoria Devils? Yeah. Victoria Devils. Yeah. Um, Any big memories? Well, yeah, yeah. That was my first, um, a team uh for softball so that was kind of um fun we got to go to Colorado for just kind of a recruiting tournament um which that was the first time I had traveled really anywhere into the U.S. or just out of outside of Canada for a sport so um yeah just playing with the Devils and getting that competitive level and I got picked up with one of the older teams for the Devils to go to nationals so that was a fun experience um just really trying to learn from the older girls and just get that experience, uh, through the devils. So a lot of opportunities opened up and, um, that's kind of how I, I would say kind of got my in, mm-hmm. um, with just getting into team BC and then moving forward from that. But, um, yeah, lots of opportunities through the devils and a lot of just games. It's yeah. so hard to look back and even think my favorite memory, but yeah. definitely just going to nationals and then getting to go to Colorado with, with just my best friends was, was pretty fun. Right on. Now back then there's usually a coach that plays a big role in, in someone's development. Was there anyone mm-hmm. for you that played that role? Um, my dad will be happy that I said this cause he always comments on it, but, uh, I would say my dad, honestly, like he helped <laughs> out. He's, he helped out a lot on the team. Right. Um, we had about like four or five of them that really helped with, with the devil's team. And, um, he's been my coach all along and still hits me fungo and throws me front toss, but he doesn't critique me as much as he did then. But, (laughs) um, yeah, he's been a big part of it. And then my high school coach, Rocky Vitale, who I coach with actually now, um, and is the head guy at my high school Academy. Oh, no way. He was a big part of that because that was, that was where I was training during the day and then going with the devils kind of after school. So he, he had a huge part in my development and a huge uh, part in getting me to San Jose state and getting me to university. So he's definitely one that's had a huge impact in my career. He was a great player back in the day. Yeah, he was. That's what I've heard. Yeah, absolutely. Him and, uh, Mike Pietnik, uh, they were mm-hmm. teammates and we, we yeah. had the opportunity to talk to Mike on here and he, you know, he had, oh, great, awesome. he had great words for Rocky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I love him. He's done a lot for me. Um, so. Awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned team BC, you had the rare opportunity to represent BC at two Canada games and actually win a gold medal in both. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. How, how special were those events for you? Yeah. Um, those two games were very different for me. Um, the one in 2013, 
I was the youngest on the team, kind of just the young buck, a lot of girls that were older than me. And then the one in 2017, it was like complete opposite. I was the cap- captain of the team and just a different role. So I think the first time around learning a lot, soaking everything in, um, everything up and just enjoying that moment and being able to kind of have a important part on the role or on the team and just having a role, um, as a young player was pretty, pretty cool for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to just see how those captains led and how the older girls just carried their themselves and kind of helped our team to what we were trying to accomplish. And then being able to use that moving forward to 2017 and being one of the oldest on the team, um, and being a captain and kind of able to now step into those roles. Um, it was just different, but I think it was a cool transition because I had that under me and being able to inspire those girls on my team um, of winning that gold medal. And that's what we wanted to do and being able to repeat that. So yeah, two different experiences, but both super special and representing your home province yeah. is one of those, you know, things you can't take away. So, Oh, it's amazing. Sure. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I got to represent us in, in 97 at the Canada games and, and mm-hmm. it was probably the highlight of my life. Like it, it, the whole Canada games experience was, was amazing. No. Yeah. It's, it was my first multi-sport event. So yeah, I, that exactly. was pretty cool. Just being able to represent BC and then yep. seeing all the other athletes from different sports and kind of having that in common, um, was, was definitely fun. And the, a first for me. Yeah. Yeah. Now the, your last one, you were 21, weren't you? Yeah. I now, was, they I must, was, they must've did it like change the ages or something. Cause yeah, they changed it after that games. Um, that was kind of the last cutoff cause it was, yeah, 2017. So, um, I think it's a little bit younger now. I don't I think know it's what it's 19. I think it's under 19, 19 now. Yeah. 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 Cause I was, yeah, 2013, I was in grade 10. So they were the age gap from being the youngest to one of the, to then the oldest. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty big gap. So now, yeah, it's a little bit smaller and now they're high school girls instead of girls yeah. in college. Exactly. So you, it, the, yeah. the, the 2017 games, geez, there, there might've been, there would have been a few, you know, quite a few NCAA players, wouldn't there have been? Yeah. The, a lot of girls that I've played, um, with and against were there and yeah, most of us had been away at college and kind of, it was just a little tournament to play in yeah. once we came back. So. Wow. Wow. Jesus. That's, that's pretty cool. That was made for really good games. I mean, I mean, all the, we, they would have been great games anyway, but yeah. I mean, you know, ha- having people with, you know, a year of NCAA under the belt, you know, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And we beat Team Ontario twice. And I just have to me- mention that because a lot of my teammates play <laughs> Team Ontario and I like to bug them about it. Team BC be- being better. But yeah, so. Who would they be? Uh, well, Janet, um, Erica, <laughs> Nat, they all played for Timo. Uh, oh. I played against Janet. So she's kind of the one that I would say. But yeah. <laughs> Your left side buddy, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Side strong side. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, you mentioned about uh, 2013, joined the Canadian Junior National Team. That must have been pretty cool, you know, considering you you were you only been playing the game for a handful of years anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, that was my first uh, experience with the national team, and my first experience um, playing at a World Championships and representing Canada, and we got to represent. Canada on the home home soil, which was super special. Um, even just getting into that, I honestly, the only reason I got into that tryout for that kind of year, my dad signed me up because he saw a random poster on a bulletin board at like a field we were playing at and saw that there was a tryout and he signed me up and oh, wow. I really didn't want to go. I really didn't want to go, but he's like, just go. Like, you never know what could happen. And I'm like, hot oh, dad, I don't want to. And it ended up being the best thing. So I guess it um, did. <laughs> shout out to him, I guess again, but yeah, um, it was a really special opportunity and it kind of gave me that, like I said before, a little bit of a taste of representing your country and wearing Canada across your chest in the maple leaf and mm-hmm. just what that represents and the pride in that. And like I said, playing in front of home fans was just incredible and um, definitely the biggest stage I'd played on up until then. So right. it was surreal and um, just the nerves and pressure you get from that. Yeah. That was in Brampton, correct? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, that would. Uh, so, yeah, that would have been awesome. You know, mm-hmm. not only is it your first one, but I mean, it's it's in Canada. I mean, can't get yeah, any better than that. Totally. 
Yeah, exactly. So when did the recruiting process begin for you? Was it around that time? Uh, yeah, cause 2013 was grade 10. And then I would say grade 11 was kind of, um, the year that it got more serious. Um, I, I was looking at a few schools and, um, Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne, and kind of was in contact with a school in Seattle and, um, just kind of opening my options up and seeing what I, what I could, you know, mm-hmm. get or where I could go. Um, and really honestly, like the San Jose state opportunity kind of fell fell from the sky and a lot of connections for sure. My Rocky Vitale, um, is really close with Pete Turner at San Jose state, who was the head coach at the time and kind of just called him up and said, Hey, like, I think you're missing out on a girl and I think you should give her a chance. And coach Turner took Rocky's word for it and gave me that opportunity. So, um, definitely came out of nowhere. Um, I went down there, went on official visit and it just felt like home. Um, can't really complain about California. Just <laughs> no, <laughs> that the, yeah, the culture of that program and in that team. And just, you know, they always talk about family first, um, school second and softball being a distant third and how much they, you know, actually live their life by that. And just the group of girls and what they represent and the coaching staff and the standards that they kind of held themselves to. And um, I knew it was the fit and mm-hmm. the place I wanted to be. And once I left there, I was like, this is, this is where I want to go. And it ended up being definitely the best choice and I, no regrets at all. So yeah, yeah um, a lot of things had to kind of fall perfectly, but they did. And it has been a crucial part in my development for awesome. sure. I was going to ask what led to the decision, but I mean, you pretty much summed it up perfectly right there. I mean, yeah. Geez, I mean, the other one was Indiana and it was cold and I don't know <laughs> that would have been best. Yeah. Better to have, <laughs> better to have the winners down on Cali. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what do you remember most about, you know, arriving on campus that freshman season? Um, honestly, it was just, I mean, it's definitely a bigger, a bigger place. Um, I, I would say I'm a pretty independent person. So mm. moving on campus and living on my own and whatnot, um, wasn't too much of a challenge. Of course, I got homesick at times, but just being able to live that dream that you had kind of thought about forever, um, yeah. and having that opportunity. And I, I made so many friends, my bestest friends that I have now, unfortunately, I haven't been able to see them, um, just over the years, but hoping to be able to kind of meet up at some point. But yeah, I think just going down there and, and being in California and being in a place that you wanted to kind of be and representing a now even a bigger, um, group or institution than I had and everything just kind of got to a bigger stage. Um, and we were, yeah, an awesome program and we were able to go to the, um, call or we got to go to postseason and we won the mountain West, uh, championships in 2017. So that was pretty cool getting a ring and nice. going to postseason and, we beat Cal State Fullerton at the UCLA region, and that was actually our first postseason win as a school. So that was kind of cool to be able to do that and mm-hmm. um, just go to postseason. I think it's just a different level. Yeah. Um, and just having that experience, of course, we wish we would have moved on further, but yeah. um, getting that taste of basically being on a higher stage and how much you know treated all fancy and kind of all the things on TV. And we had never really had that. So that was pretty special and kind of a cool moment. Awesome. Now, do you remember your first ever NCAA game? Um, no, <laughs> uh, I ask everybody this. <laughs> I, I, I should, but I don't six, five loss to Ole Miss and you were one for two with a run scored. Oh, there you go. Wow. There you go. Hey, yeah, you know more than I do. I do you love, find that on Google or just your research? Research. I love this. See, yeah. that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I kind of get a kick out of when, when somebody says, no, I don't really remember. I'm like, yes, I'm going to spit facts in their face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm impressed. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> now I know. Yeah. So uh, what was the biggest thing that you feel you took out of that freshman season? Like, was there something, you, you know, after that first year, you're like, oh, okay, like this is how it goes sort of thing? Um. Well, I, I got recruited as a catcher, uh, to go down to San Jose state. And I really, I mean, in, in high school, I played shortstop most of the time. And then I was kind of the third catcher if they needed me, but I did get recruited as a catcher, went down there. Um, and kind of was like, well, I'm, I don't think I'm going to start really. And then on, before I knew it, opportunities opened up and, um, some kind of 
some things happen with a couple of seniors and it opened up an opportunity for me to start. And I was starting as the catcher and that was definitely scary. Um, I think <laughs> it's a position where you're in charge of everything. Um, and as a freshman, that was kind of definitely nerve wracking catching for senior pitchers and being in charge and kind of having to take charge of them when they're four years older than you. Um, mm. but getting that taste and being able to do that my freshman year was awesome. It's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I just didn't really know if opportunities were going to come and, and they did and I capitalized on them. So, um, that was definitely kind of the big thing. I think that helped, um, as a freshman being able to play that much, not a lot of people, um, always get that opportunity and they may sit for a couple of years or kind of get an at bat here or there, but I was able to kind of just be thrown in right away and didn't have any time to think about it. And I think it was probably for the best and, all I really could do was go out and play. So Right, exactly. Exactly. So sophomore season, you'd be named to the Canadian national team. What mm-hmm. what do you remember about getting that call? Oh <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's been some very stressful calls. Um that one was that one was definitely um special because I that was like my first time with the senior team. Right. Um and just the first chance to to be there at that at that level and kind of get a taste to be with the the older girls. Um, and so, I mean, most of my conversations at that time with Coach Smith, I was so scared, right? So, oh, um, my heart's racing, and I Smitty, run upstairs. Smitty's imposing. <laughs> I, yeah, I know, but at that point, I was I would say probably more scared of him definitely than I am now. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah, I think it it's something that you've dreamt of forever and receiving that call and having that conversation, um, is super special. I mm. mean, he's a great guy and I love the guy and, um, just opening up another opportunity for me. So, um, definitely a special call and a special moment, um, to kind of just be named to the team. So yeah. must've been pretty cool to, you know, that first WBSC world in, at NBC, that must've been mm-hmm. you know pretty cool to be there. Yeah. Um, my, my role on the team at the time, um, was a little different. Like I was selected as an alternate, but I think it was also a super special experience of just like, you're there, soak up everything, learn from them. Um, still getting to be a part of that. And yeah, I think the home soil there in Surrey, um, yeah, I might've not been on the team, but my role is just as important as everybody else and kind of a part of that. So yeah. Well, definitely I mean, different than others, but yeah, it's, it was cool. Yeah. I mean, you're getting, you're getting so much valuable stuff just, you know, just from being around the team at that time. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you're yeah, young, exactly. you're young. And I mean, like you have people like Jen Yee was on the team at that time, was she not? Yeah. And I yeah, mean, getting to, getting to watch her hit must've been, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she was a treat to watch hit. Yeah. And catching for Lauren Bay in the bullpen when I'm like, Oh, super young and <laughs> that must have been awesome. That. Yeah, it was pretty cool for sure. Oh, pretty old Lauren. I, we had Lauren on the on the podcast here. I love that girl. I mean, especially yeah, she's awesome. What she's been through her whole career, and then you know to end it off with a bronze medal. That's that's awesome for her. Yeah, yeah, she's a great human. I love her. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, looking back now, well, I guess we just talked about you know the biggest learning lesson from that year. I, I, I'd be a being around that team, I, I assume. Yeah. Just, yes. Like I said, soaking it all up and, yeah. um, it, that's kind of why I was there. Um, and it, it was awesome. And I think just gave me even more motivation and of what my goals were and what did I, what I wanted to do with, with yeah. softball and everything. So, yeah. Now I gotta, I gotta ask about 2017. You know. Ugh, that's fine. I, I don't mind talking. About I know. This one I, now. I, you know, getting worried, you know, getting let go, but I mean, obviously it, it had to be a tough pill to swallow. I imagine. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it was a very tough conversation kind of went to camp that, that summer. Um, it was my junior year of college and, um, went to camp, thought I did okay, I guess. And end of camp, we're doing cuts, come into a room with coach Smith and coach Mel. And he just kind of gave it to me and, um, said that I came to camp unprepared, out of shape, uh, overweight. Um, Carrie Lee had retired that year before. So a spot kind of opened up at third and I was playing third. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was like, you took, you kind of took that for granted. It was your, your spot to kind of earn. And yeah, you just, were going to have to let you go and cut you. And it was super tough. Um, 
I had to go home. Um, that was still the year with, I got to play with team BC, but I kind of got to step away from the sport for a little bit and just look at myself in the mirror and kind of think about what he had said. And I was definitely in denial at first going home. I was like, he's not telling the truth. Like he's, I put in the work, like I worked hard, like I, um, that's not who I am, but the more I stepped back and the more I realized like he was right. And he, like I did, I take, took things for granted. It was, you know, I was at school and still playing in season, but I wasn't doing the extra things that I needed to do because my goals were a little bit different than my teammates. Like I knew I wanted to play with the national team and I had to do more than I was doing. And I had to make a decision. It was like, kind of, do I pack it in and give up there? Or do I really prove him wrong, but prove myself wrong that I was better than that. And that's what I decided to do. I went back to school my senior year and got with my strength coach and my nutritionist and just worked out a plan to really be in the best position I could that next year and best shape I could be. And came back to camp in 2018 and I had lost a bunch of weight and was in the best shape I could be and softball shape and just went out and competed and I ended up making the team. So it was, it was a tough obstacle and a tough challenge, but I, I've told coach Smith this and, um, it was probably like the best conversation I've ever had and something that I cherish and Mm. I'm forever grateful for, um, for him to just really tell me the cold hearted truth. Um, no one wants to hear it and it's a tough conversation, but I think it's what I needed and I don't know where I would be now if he didn't, right? Like, I think that it really, made me have to realize and not take things for granted and just change things and realize what I had to, had to do to be a part of this program and what the standards were and all of those things. So I, I'm definitely like very grateful for that conversation as hard as it was, but, um, you know, in the past I've said that I don't like talking about that and, um, it was a bad moment in my career, but it honestly was one of the best and it's really shaped who I am um, athlete and person. And yeah, it was tough conversation, but it's what needed to happen. Like, do you like, honestly, looking back now, do you like, do you think you'd be where you're at now if it wasn't for what Smitty said or, um, I mean, I'm, I've always worked hard and like been motivated and stuff, but I think I kind of like, I don't want to say hit rock bottom, but it was like having something taken away like that, that, I just got into the program that year before mm-hmm. and was like, okay, this is it. Right. And like you're getting in and then it being taken away and realizing how quickly someone can beat you out and how quickly things can change. Like from now on, like I'll never, like I will show up everywhere, like in the best shape I can and doing everything I can to be ready for that moment. And then whatever happens, happens. If I know I've done everything I can, then there's, there's nothing to worry about. But if you know you've cut corners or you haven't put everything in, like then you're kind of doubting yourself and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, it was for the best and it was really tough, but it's what needed to happen. Well, I think it goes to show what kind of character and adversity you have, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it it really does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so like you said, you get back in the national team and you haven't looked back. How fun was it to, you know, play at the 2019 Pan Am Games and be a regular everyday player, you know, while also producing at the same time? Yeah, the 2019 season was um, definitely a different one and in a good way uh, for me. I had always been 2018 Worlds. I was on the team, but I was really a bench player and kind of that extra infielder. And my role there um, was very different. I think I got a few at bats, got in against like Botswana for a couple innings. And I was basically behind Jen. Um, Bot- at third. Botswana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it was behind her and it was just a matter of waiting for more opportunities. Um, and then moving into 2019. Um, yeah, th- I just got more and more opportunities and capitalized on more things. And we played in the pro league that year. So I had a lot of at bats and just, more time and more innings. And then it was like kind of even time with Jen. And then I just, yeah, started to work my way in and ended up, um, earning that spot at third. So I think competing at the Pan Ams in 2019 was my first taste of being a starter and being on the team and just having a different role and doing ideally what I, what I wanted to do the whole time. Like you're working Mm. for that. So, um, yeah, definitely nerve wracking at first, but, um, 
I knew I had earned it and I knew that I was out there for a reason. Um, so definitely a special moment being able to just be a starter. Like it's just, it's just different. Mm -hmm. You're always a part of that team, but having a different role, um, makes things different. Like if I'm being honest, like I look back at 2018 and I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to make the Olympic team in my mind. I was thinking to make the Olympic team to be the extra player to oh, be wow. that extra infielder. Um, because I just thought I could never, like, I was like, Jen Salling is incredible. Like there's no yeah. way that she's going to leave third base. Like there's just, there's just no way. Yeah. And I had like set, set on that. And then it was slowly like, okay, like I can't have that meant like, what kind of mentality is that? Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. but I was at for a while, like I was just so set and convinced. And then I, I think as things opened up and I started to perform, I think I just showed myself like, Hey, okay, that's, this is not, this is not it. And that's not how it has to be. So, mm -hmm. um, definitely not a great mentality at the time, but, um, you know, I had to shift that as things opened up and just honestly believe in myself and in my abilities. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, in my notes, I forgot to even bring up the whole, you know, Canadian wild thing that you guys had going mm -hmm. on there. How did you enjoy yeah. that? How'd you enjoy that? Yeah, that was fun. Um, I mean, playing, we were playing as a Canadian wild, still all the same girls from the national team. Um, but just the, the city and hometown that we got to play in was pretty cool. Um, they were, were amazing. Illinois, right? Yeah. Southern yeah. Illinois, Marion, Illinois. And, um, we got to just play on a baseball field, which, uh, was just from like an independent league team they had there. Right. Um, and they just took us in and used their facilities and trained there. Um, I mean, at the time that was kind of MPF was the only really pro league going on. So, um, once again, it was a taste of playing professional ball and I had never done that at that time. Right. Um, there were a couple national teams that were kind of playing in the same way we were, uh, the Cleveland comments and things like that. But like I said, that was my first pro ball, um, other than international. So just getting into that. And of course I would always want to be, you know, play professionally and play internationally. And that really is the highest level. So definitely cool experience and sad that that's, that kind of time's gone because they were a big part of our journey to right. Tokyo. Um, and you know, there's been so many people along the way that have had big or small impacts, but like we wouldn't have been able to do it without all of them. No, so absolutely. So let's jump into that Olympic process. <laughs> How much of an emotional roller coaster has the last two years been? Yeah. <laughs> it's a big roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. Just going round and round. Um, yeah, I mean, going into 2020, kind of what January 2020, and we're centralizing in Halifax for a couple of years or a couple of years, a couple, couple months. Years. Uh, yeah, a couple together. years. It felt like a couple of years, maybe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have yeah, cold winters down here and everything, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, just centralizing together and um, kind of thinking that we were going going somewhere next and we thought we were going to uh fresno next we kind of separated parted ways for a week off to go home and then we're like okay well see everybody in fresno in a week and then we get home and it's like the whole world's shutting down no one's traveling and it's like okay like it's just gonna get pushed back for like yeah a week like we'll see each other we'll get to travel and then it was like okay it's a month and then you know two months and then it's canada pulls out of the olympics and we're like like that was kind of like a a little bit of punch in the stomach just because yeah. like, well, now we're going to like, I know we wanted to make an impact and we wanted to kind of make a statement, um, that this was more than, you know, the Olympics aren't more important than a world pandemic. And, um, but then it's like, okay, what if the rest of the countries go on and like, this was our one chance. Um, so that, that was emotional. And then them postponing it, um, was just another punch in the stomach. Um, just because you're like, man, this is, this is the dream that we've been living for the past three years and we know that this hasn't been in since 08 and it's kind of like our one chance right um, and like is it going to happen so that was that whole kind of what was that kind of spring into the summer um was tough just being by ourselves and and training on our own and staying connected but we were so far away and i mean i think it sucked at the time but it was probably the best thing that could have happened for a team like yeah 
I don't know if we would have been where we were at the Olympics and as ready as we were at the Olympics, if it was a year earlier, like that's, that's just the facts. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we individually spent so much time focusing on ourselves and growing as people, but then growing as a collective unit and, you know, being more connected and just the relationships built and also softball skill wise, like we all were able to just spend more time on that. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know if we would have been where we needed to be. So that year really was a blessing. Yeah. Um, and I think it just put us into the next level and just as a unit, like we pride ourselves on our culture as a team and we have the best culture out there. Like, and it takes a long time to build that. That was like four years building of that. But, um, yeah, I do think the extra year really, really helped us in a positive way as negative as it was. Oh yeah. So, I mean, I talked to Joey and and Jen right before you guys left and they said, Mm -hmm. they said the exact same thing. They felt like the the year off only benefit you guys going into the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it definitely did. Yeah. So I am actually let's jump a little bit ahead or not ahead, I guess, before you guys went to the Olympics, when you actually got officially named to the Olympic roster, that had to be a big sigh of relief for you. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's one of those things. Cause you're like training for the Olympics, say you're going to the Olympics, but like you haven't been selected for the official roster. So it, it's just that, a little bit of an uneasy feeling. Yeah. I mean, like in my I, head, it had to be tough, tough for, you know, the, for the yeah. select few that were all, were the alternates that didn't get to go. I mean, that had to be tough. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, you know, you think you're going to be on the team. You're like, well, I should be, but until yeah. your name's on that, you're like, you don't really know. And it was tough. I mean, that like, we had such a big group. Um, and it's sad that really like only 15 get to go and and compete and play. But, Mm. um, once again, they, the girls that didn't get to go and the alternates, like they were such an important part of our team and our culture and they played a big role and, um, everybody's role is different. And I know it's super hard. Um, and you want to be there too, but, uh, like I said, we couldn't have done it like with every single person. Like there's been so many people along the way that might've had a little, little role or big role, but they've made a huge impact in, in our journey. And they're a part of our journey, even though like they don't kind of get the reward of being out there and wearing it. Right. Um, so it was tough, uh, but it was something that we knew that had to happen at some point. Like we knew we would be on this journey and at some point someone's got to get cut. Like we had to cut two people. So, um, yeah. Always. It's always unfortunate circumstance. I mean, especially you guys went through such a process together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, but like you said, it it has to happen. I mean, it happens at all levels of every sport. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um, Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about the games in Tokyo from your point of view. Was it weird playing games on that big of a stage with no fans? Yeah, it's it was. I mean, the weird part was we spent so much time like we did a virtual Olympics through COVID where it was like, um, we basically went through our schedule and went through every game and it was all like through visualization and imagery. And in my visualization and imagery, I imagined fans and it's like, like stands are full and it being loud and everything I had prepped for was right. Like, I mean, I think it was like 30,000 that fit into that uh, stadium. So like not what we had prepared for, but, I, I think it, it probably made it easier. Like it probably, I mean, I was able to yell across the field to Jen at first and I don't think I would have ever been able to do that with a stadium full of people. So no, we, um, we could hear just, everything on TV. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, you know, you're, it's, it's more intimate, I guess. Right. Yeah. And like you see the cameras and like the camera's right in my face at third and there's like another one over at first, but I don't think I realized like how many people were actually watching. Like, yeah, because I couldn't see the people. It was like, Oh, like no one's watching. And then you go home and it's like, Oh, I watched your game and I don't even know you, but you like you watched and this person watched. Right. So yeah, I would say, I mean, you're prepare- preparing for the, those moments and the pressure and everything you're going to feel. Um, and then we get there and then a week before they announced, no Japanese fans because they were supposed to be limited capacity with Japanese fans. And right. then they kind of cut that. So it was different, but we have a good collective unit and group and 
we were able to feed off each other's energy and we didn't have to, you know, fight the crowd's energy or fight, you know, yeah. just the, the motions that go through that. Like you're exhausted by the end of those games. Like, Oh yeah. So, I mean, you're yeah. it, like, you're still playing the game. <laughs> so I, 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 you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're going to be tired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's talk about the bronze medal game. How, uh, mm. how pumped were you when you drove those two runs in the second inning? <laughs> <laughs> I was pumped. Definitely Imagine. Pumped. So was I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think up into that, I was frustrated. Like I hitting wise, I mean, hitting is it's a tough thing. Mm -hmm. um, like you're failing constantly and I was struggling and frustrated and um, you know, I, I really didn't play well against Japan. Um, so that was kind of a, it bothered me a bit and um, you know, you're fighting, you find your own mind and yeah. all the things that are kind of going on. But I knew, I knew I just had to keep swinging, um, keep doing my thing and knowing where I'm at in the lineup and just really like, you just got to keep swinging. I mean, it, you have to have that short term memory and you got to go one pitch at a time as easy. It is to say that it's definitely not that easy to do, but yeah, um, yeah I, I came up in a moment and it was kind of cool being able to just be one of the younger ones and, um, a couple of us younger girls got to kind of clutch up in moments that, that really mattered. And, um, yeah, it was definitely a special moment. I mean, I was super fired up getting to first base. I, by all means did not crush the ball. <laughs> <laughs> they were playing me pretty deep and I'm not really sure why, cause it's not like I'm a home run hitter and then got jammed a little bit, but Hey, I mean, a hit's a hey, hit. Every hit exactly. A hit's a hit. So, um, yeah, that was pretty special. And it was just a little bit of a sigh of relief because I was super frustrated and had been struggling. Um, but that's part of it. You kind of just got to keep going. So exactly, exactly. Walk us through that emotion when Dan got the final out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, it's coming, you know, it's there. Um, and you're kind of just waiting, but then you don't want to get too ahead of yourself. Right. And yeah. then a ball is thrown or whatever. And like, okay, now we have to wait again. Um, I mean, it was super, it was just super special. I mean, so many emotions, so many tears, mm. honestly, just being able to do that with that group of girls was, I mean, I can't even describe, like, I can't describe it. It's just so special because they're the ones that have been through all of like everything, like all the crappy times, all mm. the bad things, the good, like, People that see it from the outside, it's like, oh, you're an Olympian and you get to go away and you get to play the Olympics. It's like, man, the times and the things we had to go oh, through. You guys went together. through so much hard work and sacrifice. It was yeah. ridiculous. And, and you know, being able to kind of celebrate on the field together and the girls that played in 08 and lost in the bronze medal game, like that was special mm. for them. Um, so, yeah, really just being able to be there with that group. And I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about it because I love them all so much. And yeah. I've honestly never been a part of a team that generally cares about each other like that much i've been on teams and it's always like you know i like that girl or we're just kind of teammates like we all were just so bought into each other and cared about each other yeah. um you know it we kind of we joke about it because you look back you know two or three years ago when we were trying to do our core values and we were fighting with the word love i don't know if you've heard this but um fighting with this word love and we're like oh i don't think love's our core core value like we're just not there yet. But then we joked about at the Olympics because we were there and yeah. we should have made core, a core value three years ago. But three years ago, we just weren't at it. And like, we love each other. And I think I've said this, like it, I think our connection and our culture on the field and off the field is, has played a huge impact in how successful we were. Like the softball side of things is super important, but how you are when things get tough and in those moments, like it really shines out what kind of culture you have as a team. Yeah. It's amazing what team chemistry can do, isn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it is. It's unreal. I, 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 I preach it on here all the time. I, I think, I think team chemistry trumps talent, you know, all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could have, yeah. you could have 15 superstars on your team, but I mean, if, if you're not cohesive, don't get along, you're not going to do anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not easy to build, but, um, you know, like it's once you have it, like it's just like it's so, you know, it's like awesome. it's like moving forward from this, like you're building a brand new culture and it's like it, it takes work. It takes yeah. time. Like it's not going to it's not going to happen overnight. So, no, exactly. Yeah. So so moving forward, what's the plans? <laughs> um, well, I'm definitely still going to play. Um, I feel like I kind of just got 
just got going, I guess, oh, per se. You got, a, um, you got a ton of years left. Come on. Exactly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Come on. My, some of my teammates, like Lauren <laughs> Bay, like 39, like not mad. Now exactly. I have to play that long. No, I'm only 25. So, I mean, ideally I'd like to be around for 2028. I was going to um, ask you that. It's yeah. LA, LA on the radar? Yeah, yeah, I would like to. Um, I mean, it's just a long, long time yeah. away, but um yeah, I think I love the game and I've always played the sport and with the national team because I love it and I love representing Canada. Um, this was a treat being able to be in the Olympics because that wasn't really a thing before. Um, so I'll play. I'll play for for as long as I can. Um, like I said, I, I feel like I have more in me. Um, I really just started kind of getting a, a starting position mm-hmm. within the past couple of years. So yeah, that's, that's the plan and we'll see what, where it goes from there. But yeah, I, I love softball so much and I, I don't think I'm ready to give it up yeah. and I'm too young. Everybody would get mad at me. <laughs> exactly. And, and you have the ends with the coaching staff. What, what's, what's, they, the, what's, the, what's the thoughts on the new coaching staff? I am so fired up. Like I, I imagine like, yeah, Rafter being the head coach is just like Unreal. the best thing for this program. Like, yep. She is going to take this program like just to the next level. And I mean, I've had her as a teammate and like her knowledge, her, her knowledge. knowledge. Yeah. Her knowledge is just insane. Um, so I'm excited to see where the program goes and all of the additional staff. Um, really excited that we have coach Jones continuing on. I love him. Um, and just, yeah, the, the staff of the four other coaches, um, kind of working together and coming in and out, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's in really good hands. And I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm all for females kind of leading and it's cool to have someone that yeah was in our program and a part of our program. And I, really, she's the best, the best option and having Jen in there as well. I mean, her knowledge on the sport and passion with the sport um, you, is you, insane. Yeah, you, so. said it, you said it right there, passion with Jen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really excited to just see where we kind of go with it. And, um, the next generation, obviously it's a big development year for us. And, um, and now we're looking at college kids to be a part of our program where you look at this last time, like you have, co- no one was in college. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's just hopefully getting more, more development within our program as a general, like in hoping that, develop how our um program works a little bit more i think we lack in development at times so mm-hmm. hopefully we can just find kids like i you know i i got a bulletin board that's how i saw that there's a tryout <laughs> right so yeah. it's just like getting it out there and just letting people come out and, and trying like you showing off your stuff and yeah I'm, I'm really excited it's it's really exciting i was pretty pumped when it was announced so yeah, absolutely i think I, the program is in amazing hands like softball yeah. softball Canada made the right choices when they when they announced their coaching staff i can tell you that uh, yes i agree anyway a little thing we like to end the podcast with uh call player association i'm gonna i'm gonna throw some names out to you and you can okay. comment on them as much or as little as you want to <laughs> comment on them what does that mean? <laughs> just say if you have a story about them or anything oh. so okay. i'm i'm going to throw okay. some out first one chelsea jenner oh she's my best friend <laughs> best friend ever yeah college roommate um best friend i don't see her a whole lot but i actually saw her a couple weekends ago yeah love that girl um yeah she's awesome but she played with you like growing right up through didn't she uh, we played against each other. Um, she's a year older than me, but she was actually at San Jose State the year I got there. Like she's a year older, so she was okay. a sophomore at the time. Um, but yeah, we were roommates all through, and yeah, she's one of my best friends. And I don't get to see her as much because we saw each other every day, but uh, we're still really close. And awesome, yeah, I love her. Uh, next one is uh, Madison Orrin. Oh, Maddie, Maddie, and I go way back. Um, First, she played first base. She actually ended up being our pitcher, our senior, my senior year, which she's not a pitcher and she hadn't pitched for a long time, but she had to kind of pull it out of nowhere because we had no pitching. Um, and she did really well. Um, I mean, she's a, a gamer. Um, and yeah, I mean, I haven't, se- I haven't seen her since I left school. So it's been, it's been a long time. But she had to pitch and she never pitched? Well, she pitched way back in high school, but oh. like not competitively and then all of a sudden it was like great injury we need somebody you're throwing wow yeah wow that's crazy Mm -hmm. uh janet leong 
Oh, Jan the man. She's my girl. <laughs> um, I mean, I love playing beside her. I love defense and I love ground balls and I love everything about it. Um, and she's an incredible, um, defender and even better human. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I just, she's who I want on the left side with me. Absolutely. Um, Well, that's why we call ourselves the left side, strong side. So (laughs) yeah, uh, I love her. Awesome. Uh, two more Sarah Gronenwagen. Sarah G. Sarah G. Yeah. I mean, We've played, we actually played together, her and Janet, um, we played together in 2013, um, our first time on junior team. So that was kind of a special moment having them on my team, my first game as a representing Canada and then being able to go to the Olympics and have them, them, but them beside me as well. Um, I mean, she's one of my best friends on the team and, uh, she's a gamer. Like I, she's someone I want on the mound. Um, she's a, loves to compete and you know, she's not going to go down without a fight. So, um, definitely someone I want on my team. And, um, I think she did amazing at the Olympics and our, all of our, our whole pitching staff did incredible and how they worked together as a staff, um, and yeah. as a unit was pretty cool to see. Cause that's really what made us so successful. So mm-hmm. actually I have a feeling that she is going to be a big part of 2028 in LA like yeah. hoping so yeah hopefully we can get her to stay on for that long uh, we'll see I, I might have to there. you're gonna you're, yeah you gotta convince her because I think big things oh, big things yeah, <laughs> yeah. last one Larissa Franklin yeah I knew you were gonna say this well <laughs> I'm gonna say number one is Nooch Nooch Larissa Larissa is not just a character I mean also one of my best friends and she's my other Italian but one summer, she just straight up asked everybody if we could start calling her Nooch because she said she's she says she's neutral is what she said. Not so. I call her Nooch now, and it's stuck for some people, but a lot of people don't call her Nooch. But here and there, I like to call. Her Nooch. Um, yeah, she's. I mean, that girl is hilarious. She's always keeping it light, and yeah, she's one of my best friends, and love playing. Um, Nintendo switch with her. We played a lot on Nintendo switch together, um, in Japan. So love a good Mario battle. So that's awesome. yeah, that's uh, <laughs> who, so you can't give yourself, you can't give yourself your own nickname. I, that's what I said. <laughs> I am the messaging her as soon as we're done this podcast. Yeah. Only person that would give themselves their own nickname would be Larissa. Oh my God. That's awesome. What? Oh, that's a great way to end it, Emma. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Okay. I got to, I got to thank you for coming on. I mean, you're a huge part of the game here in the country and I'm sure we'll continue to be for years down the road. This has been awesome, Emma. Thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. This was, this was really fun. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Hoping for drier days ahead out there in BC. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Take care, Emma. But my actions speak very loud My mama's very proud the way I made him hear me out I said I'd do this till us carried out Till I'm in the cemetery buried I'm running the necessary routes All I wanted was appreciation From the ones that I appreciated Nothing sophisticated And all I ever needed was financial security To make sure that this music wouldn't murder me I grew up on Snoop Dogg and Puka Premier Do music with them both So I feel like the goal's fulfilled Invested every dollar saved in music for real Put it all in real estate and stock and it's steadily builds now my family is good so the goals change roles change i'm looking at it different now with old age time used to move slow now fly fast you can always get your money but can never get your time back i've been stuck in my ways got me feeling somewhere never change for a thing yeah you got it ain't got no one to blame cause i ride my own way had to find my own way yeah you got it kind of rusting around the ups and the downs oh well but you know that's Stuck in my own ways It's a trip but I love it
Real shit, my buzz ain't buzzing like it used to be. I see these other guys are racking, I'm more using me. I used to have that attitude, like let me prove my peace. Now I'm like it's cool with me. Maybe I'm just too fatigued. There's no debate. Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted? Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.